0: Welcome to Postscript, Tom Jones. I'm Fred Fijin, along with Matt Wilson. Hi, Matt. Hello, Fred. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good. Um, I'm good. Good. Uh, good. This is episode three, three of four, the penultimate episode, yes. as the kids say, right? That is the word. Um, And so I feel like we've covered a lot of ground so far with episode one and two.
1: Right off the bat, Matt, this episode was stressful. Yes, it like gets it stressful. It gets dark. Um, mm-hmm. our Our beloved characters are probably both hitting rock bottom we hope i don't think it could get any worse for sophia (laughs) and tom keeps causing his own problems but i'm not sure it can get much worse for him either at this point yeah i have lots of thoughts there where do you want to start oh where do we
0: start where uh well uh, let's start with let's start with tom all right let's start with tom um I want, you know, a, a comment you made in the first episode that I didn't truly appreciate as much as I should have. You referenced or you made reference to the fact that there were references to Tom of being an animal. Yes. Yeah. And now I see that in episode three. I'm like,
1: yeah, I mean, an animal. Bl- <laughs> <laughs> Bliffle was not meaning it in any sort of constructive criticism. Right. Sure. It was absolutely an insult. When, and whoever else may have used that term. But Tom is reverting to the, the basis, basic of instincts, perhaps, and yeah, um, I, I, I don't think he ends up in a place he's proud of. I think finally he sees some of it, but absolutely. The, the, part three, especially for Tom, is, is sort of a play in two acts. We have the act one, Tom, which I used when I was watching this with my wife. I turned her and said, he's just a himbo at this point, right? (laughs) Which is sort of like an attractive but very dumb gentleman. And Mm -hmm. it does feel like he falls into that. Um, Act two is sort of after he finally finds some degree of a spine and pushes away Lady Bellaston um, and maybe decides what he actually wants out of life, although it feels like maybe he had tried to do that already at some point so i feel like we've been there with we've been there one and two yes he's he has had this self-discussion i think in his own head several times already about what do i really want what am i really after of oh, sophia it's sophia it's sophia and then it's not do you think it's a byproduct of having a sheltered
0: life do you think uh, maybe uh, squire Allworthy protected him too much that
1: he's out in the real world and he's just you certainly see some innocence, maybe, definitely some gullibility, perhaps. Um, but ultimately, I think at this point, and it's on him, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's an adult, he, he should understand some things and know what's going on. Um, he gets used at points, he gets taken advantage of to some degree, but you know, we all make our own decisions, and his uh, are not very good. I would agree. I would agree. And, uh, you know, and, and Lady Belstam kind of plays to that. Does yeah um she's complicated as well, but um there are points where it's clear she has uh something in mind she wants from him um the the phrase like a sugar mommy came to mind i think <laughs> if if that may be the first time that phrase is used in the p b s world I don't know um was not used in the show, of course, but just in thinking this through she she has a use for him, and apparently this is not the first time we we kind of get some signs of that from Aunt Harriet um and and the the uh, the uh, servants around the the estate that Lady B, as I call her, uh, lives in, uh, that the whispers of this this happens, and uh, she, she tries the to keep room. a secret, but yeah. everybody knows, everybody talks about it. Um, so not to go overly technical, but if we think about the traditional hero's journey, the classic hero's journey, um, I'm hoping Tom is finally at that point of uh, having initially refused the call to heroism of Mm -hmm. falling into these traps. We could look at Partridge, who I really like in this episode. Actually, I really like him in general. But he has a couple moments maybe we'll talk about later that are are, uh, generally amusing and helpful to Tom. But if Partridge is sort of a mentor figure that's there, maybe not just for comic relief, which he absolutely is, but as sort of that voice of reason or conscious to Tom about remember what you're after and who's being impacted – the next step is crossing the threshold. It's that point where the hero decides, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change and I'm going to do this. So we haven't seen that from Tom yet. Um, but if this is the lowest of the low for him as he's sitting near that campfire in the rat-infested whatever <laughs> where they found themselves, he and Partridge, um, there may be good things ahead. The, the last two phases would be the ordeal and then the return where, where the hero returns to his origins as a changed person. Hmm. Well, before we get to Sophia, mm-hmm.
0: do we really want Tom and Sophia to get
1: together? I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> uh, Sophia needs something uh, positive in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hold that thought for a second, because okay. I do want to deal with your question. I- I'm not a fan of Tom at this point. No, um, and and it's you know it's not un- as unlikable <laughs> as Bliffle, but he is uh, he's becoming less. And likable. here's the thing. It, He's an adult. He can make his his choices. In every situation on his side, it was consensual. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's do I believe his whole line about really loving Sophia and chase – he's chased her all the way to London. They left um, – I've got to forget it. Where, Paradise Hole. Well, not yeah. only that, but then Upton, oh, right. the city of Upton where the, in, in episode two. He followed her with her purse, with her money on this quest to find her. And the very first thing he does is falls into his old bad habits. So, yeah, he's making his choices. Yes, it's all consensual, but it, it puts a lot of doubt to his claims about his devotion to Sophia. Right. Uh, and every time he defends it as, well, she's lost to me. She's moved on. She she can't have me. She's promised other people. But why are you chasing her then, right? right. It just seems it's it's hard to... It's hard to believe him. Right. That get out of
0: jail free card, if you want to even call it that, worked in episode two. Maybe. Because he didn't
1: know that uh, she didn't get married. But at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agreed. Um, And yeah, he got a lot of wine in him and some other things. But if you make those choices, it's hard to believe that your devotion is as strong as you claim it to be. Agreed. Again, at least through the first half of of part three here. Yeah. So let's try to deal with Sophia here a little bit. Um, I may have been wrong earlier in the series where I uh, theorized that she might be the hero of the story. I feel like as far as the plot goes, they really have her buttoned up as a damsel in distress. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be really sensitive to this because if you're paying attention to to part three, there are no fewer than two instances where she is sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. Um, The first is from Lord Felimar, Real winner there um, at, in fact, the instruction and urging from, from Lady, Lady Bellaston, which mm-hmm. is insane. And then our man Bliffle back, um, yeah. further proving his worth. Now through—I'll um, call it good fortune because it's the lamest of rescues when Squire Western comes in and and does, in fact, rescue her from Lord Felomar— at the same time, screaming how she's a disobedient little minx and other things. So, she's if you if you listen closely, she's she cries his name. She's happy to see her grandpa. Probably shocked as heck that he showed up, but then there's immediately, you know, you're worthless. You're coming with me. Like right. he has no idea what he's actually rescuing her from. He has no clue.
0: He right. He didn't even <laughs> say
1: wait. Who the heck are nope. you? Just or grabs her and runs out of the room.
0: <laughs> but, and I'm still like you know. I brought this up last time. I'm still surprised that he didn't try. To make more of an effort to find her, it wasn't until um, uh, was it uh, Harriet right. wrote a letter, uh, yeah. sending be- to head back uh, to uh, uh, Western sisters, saying, "Hey, you ought to know
1: this. We found her. Yeah. You probably should do something about." Well, her. I think we noted in episode two that Black George was probably the only person that knew they were all heading to London. Right. Who also I- shows up right in this episode. Right. It was kind of a reunion. Of so sorts. <laughs> I-, I think the Westerns just literally had no idea where they went. They could have guessed London because of family, but that's not where Sophia had come from before she went to Bath, right? Yeah, right. So they probably just frankly didn't know. Um, but useless d- does not give Sophia any true rescue, n- not any recognition of her plight, her situation. It's all about their interests in yeah. her. And then what, a day later in story time, she's in a room by herself and Bliffle barges in. And goes off on a very bliffle rant. It's one of the, the few quotes I pulled this time. But the, the conversation kind of, it's again more about Tom mm-hmm. than him or Sophia. But it's all my life that odious lowborn animal, to mm-hmm. the word you pinged on earlier, has taken what rightfully belongs to me. She counters belongs. I, I don't belong to either of you. Notice that. I don't belong to either of you, right. nor will I belong to any other man and then Bliffle, my own mother prefers him to me what is wrong with me why can't you love me why won't you even try seems like he needs a therapist he needs a therapist
0: and he did you know he he confirms uh, a comment i made last episode where i thought that his mom really yep. uh, had more compassion for tom yeah.
1: than him and so he just seems just right. seems really upset about everything yeah. I don't know. I'll talk directly with the fellas here for a second. I don't know if we need to take an aside here and just point out that maybe there is someone in your circle that you're interested in or attracted to. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's someone you see at the bar, at the grocery store periodically. Uh, Maybe you figure out they don't have anyone else in their life, and maybe you broach the topic with them. They can say no. They don't owe you a thing. They don't have to explain why. They don't have to give you any particular reason. When they say no, as we say, this is an old quote, this story is true, no means no. And that includes interest. Mm-hmm. They don't owe you anything. Um, if you're angry about that, take a good look in the mirror. And that means both literally and figuratively. Okay, there may be may, may be reasons why that person has some hesitancy. Maybe it's just history. They had a bad relationship that they're recovering from. Not your fault. Give them some space. Maybe you need to, you know, look at yourself and and reinvest a little bit. Uh, Maybe you don't have that much to offer. And I'll say that as someone that is fortunate to be married, um, but still doesn't feel like I have a ton to offer my wife at times. Um, Be an interesting person. Be a good person. You will find someone in your life if that's what you're seeking. But if you try and you're rejected, you got to get past it. Okay, that's... Seems like common sense, but I know in looking at the environment out there, some of you folks are having a hard time getting that. So um, for what it's worth, trust me, not an expert in relationships by any means, but um, winning someone over through force is not the way to win someone over. And Bliffle gives us the perfect example of, of this. And actually he gets a knee to the groin for his efforts, I believe, which feels about right. Um, but it leaves Sophia in a, a horrible place. She's yeah. locked in a room again with no hope. Um, and I know I've been kind of pen- pinging on the, uh, the end quotes, the voiceovers mm-hmm. at the end of each episode. Cause I think they've been fascinating so far. Um, not that we'll end our discussion here because there's still some other things we want to talk about. But this last one is brutal. Um, Sophia says, happy endings. <laughs> Only in fairy tales. And what difference does it make anyway to the sum of human happiness if I marry or not? If I'm contented or miserable, why did I ever think I was special? And then the, the video image pans to Tom and says, why did I ever think you were? Hmm. So to me, she's lost her hope at this point. Um, I think she knows Tom's in London somewhere, but doesn't suspect. Well, no, she did send a letter out. Well, and they bumped into each other. Yeah, yeah. And then even since then, through Black George, she wrote a very cagey letter that she asked him, Black George, to send to Tom that basically said, here's where I am. Right. I don't ever want to see you again, but if you happen to be around, you can find me here.
0: Right. And then Honor goes finds Tom while Lady B is there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that— <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which results in something very befitting to both. It's basically a double blackmail situation. Yeah. Tom has information. He says, I will tell the world what you're doing with young men. And it may or may not ruin her reputation, mm-hmm. even though it's being whispered about. She returns that you go near her or say a word. I'll tell her everything we've been doing. So they kind of have a knife to each other's throats. Mm. And I'm curious to see how that pans out uh, in the rest of the story here. Um, so I feel very bad for, for, for Sophia. Um, I don't think she's in a good place much. She even loses honor. Like uh, yep. uh, Squire Western just fires her. Um, Your services are no longer required, I think is the line, as they're shoving Sophia into the, the carriage. So she has nobody. Right. Yeah, honor
0: life. she could at least confide with, offered her some level of protection. Now that's all gone.
1: Yeah. Um, it's tough. Yeah, This this is sort of the Empire Strikes Back, part of the story where it ends on a bad note the bad guys are winning it seems and we're not quite sure what's going to happen i right well but also who's the good guy (laughs) i i like partridge partridge okay (laughs) partridge has some really funny moments um where he he understands the plight now he's not happy about it either but he does try to point out to tom the absurdities of some of the situations um Is he a good guy or not? I mean, in in some ways, he's even hoping he can use Tom. Right. Right. If Tom returns to glory, I get to go with him. Right. So I guess that explains why he continues to stick with them, even when they're living in a shanty by the water. Yep. Black George is back and does some nice things. He even talks well of Tom, but I'm still irked that he still stole Tom's money. Right. I was kind of thinking that was going to come up this episode. Didn't, nope. didn't come up at all. No. I thought maybe he'd try to slide it to Sophia or something. Or have some nicer clothes. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, nope, nothing. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Aunt Harriet has a moment of conscience but still is playing the game. So yep. I don't know that she's a great hero. There's Aunt Western who shows up briefly – um, <laughs> She's the one that gets the letter, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, really difficult character as well. I have I poked fun at her. She had a great line about flesh pots, though, in London. Hmm. Um, Sophia has been found among the flesh pots. We must rescue her. That's like her <laughs> only line in the episode. Um, and that's what sends Squire, Western, and Bliffle out, I guess, with Black George uh, on the way. I did want to ask. Um, sh- <laughs> I love the little hand-carried carriages that like uh lady Bellaston rides and the two guys carrying it back oh my gosh, we should get guys. one for the building here i think I, I don't know who would use it but they had a
0: great line there yeah. where they they see tom leaving they said get yourself a proper jo- <laughs> <Right>. job sonny <laughs> right
1: uh, even they know what's going on so there are except for sophia there are no good people i think in this story i
0: agree and we we don't see i kind of expected at some point um uh, the Colonel, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah, he
0: was going to show back up just to really muck things right. up. I f- actually figured during the masquerade uh, sequence that he would show up there. Right, uh, but but he um,
1: he was missing in this episode. Yeah, you think it still has Aunt Sophia's? Nope, Aunt uh, Harriet. Harriet, thank you. Uh, husband, he would show up. There's there's still a chance in in four. You mentioned the masquerade, so. I don't think I said this uh, in the podcast, but on the side I, I mentioned that I really enjoyed the credit music of episode two. I don't remember episode one in particular. But it was the same tune they used for the masquerade. It was kind of that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of banging. Um, the music, the costumes, and the choreography were all actually really nice, I thought, in that part. And we haven't I talked agree. much about the cinematography or the actual production much. Um, I've noted a lot of handheld camera work where the yeah. the uh, scene is... is Just shaky enough to notice, not blindingly so, but you can tell there's some loose work going on. Um, Showing a little more intimacy or mm -hmm. maybe even stress in the the scene. Could be. Mm -hmm. Uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been some framing at times where uh, there's classic use of of how characters are focused on the scene. Um, A lot of good work going on, but I really did enjoy the masquerade and and, um, just... The confusion of it, the colorfulness of it, it kind of helped us understand Tom's perspective of I don't really know exactly what's going on here. A lot of people flying around me, and um, then gets focused on Lady B in her uh, in her getup. So,
0: so my question is because I didn't, the, it didn't occur to me at the time. Did she manufacture that chance meeting between Sophia and Tom after it? Like, because Sophia didn't end up at the map. Right. She didn't go at all. Right. And then, he thought she invited
1: him. Right. Right. She, I, I think, I think she used, because she signed it SW, right? Sophia, the SW, and yeah. Partridge poked fun at that. It could be anything, but that's what got Tom to go. Mm-hmm. And I think she used that as a chance to set up that meeting. Sophia was not there. She woke up in her room by herself when the fireworks were going off. The night or two later, when Tom has nicer clothes and goes to Lady Bellaston's house instead of Aunt, Harriet. Aunt Harriet's place, <laughs> Sophia was not supposed to be there. Oh, okay. All right. all right. So that was... Uh, Sophia nice. makes a comment of being bored at whatever play or whatever she was supposed to see, and she came home early. I see. Huh. So she, Lady Bellaston, did not intend for Tom and Sophia to see each other. But I think that's the moment that... Wakes Tom up because then he figures out what Lady Ballison has been doing. He makes a comment about so interesting to see Sophie here after so many misdirections or right. something, meaning I got, you now, mm-hmm. and that's the point where he starts to uh, deny her and turn her away, but then realizes that the damage is probably done. Right. Is so, it too late? Right. Is it too late? We'll find I guess out. That's what episode four is for, man. Yeah. So could be interesting. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, so do you have a—is it time for the scoundrel of the oh week? Oh, yeah, good point. Let's do scoundrel of the week. Um, I think I know who I'm going to vote for. We have some some honorable mentions as well. i, I got to give it to Lady Bellaston at this point. Oh, okay. I think. Tom comes up as a logical runner-up, and maybe that's who you have in mind. I'll let you offer your, your uh, options here in a second, too. But Lady Balasan, to me, knows exactly what she's doing. Mm. It's, it's a little too easy to excuse away some of what Tom's doing. I mentioned I, I, it's all consensual. He's making his choices. He's kind of quit on uh, his own journey. But what keeps me from making him my nomination is I think we might see that final change in him at about the halfway point of this episode. So that's maybe the only reason I wouldn't pick him as my top scoundrel of the week. So, talk me out of that. What, where, where do you see? Uh,
0: the competition is heavy. Yeah. I think, uh, virtually every character in this episode it, it has some level of being a scoundrel. I was actually thinking of Squire Western since he magically reappears in this episode. Not magically, but, <laughs> um, but I mean, he, he, he takes Sophia back, locks, you know, goes back to what he did, uh, um, at the start of episode two, locking her in a room, kind of cutting her off from anything, yep. uh, I didn't like that. I thought it was uh, you know. And then I also thought about Bliffle. Just I did find it humorous the the advice Squire Western was giving Bliffle and saying, "Try smiling." And then there's this whole sequence where uh, the actor is uh, trying hard to how how do you, how, how do you
1: smile? Uh, <laughs> what an excruciating scene when it was the wooing lessons. Right. Brutal. <laughs> by, by design. They but, won it, but brutal. But oh. what a
0: scoundrel. Again, Squire, you know, how does Western, why, why does he feel uh, qualified to to offer any kind of advice? Okay. So um, so I, I think those two, are, I think they're both, they they both tie for me. But yeah, Tom, uh, he certainly dropped a few notches down the ladder for me. I You know, I thought he was our... Uh, you know, he, we were all pulling for him at the end of episode one, and now I, it just seems like he's chasing another lady, or you know, uh, just getting himself into getting himself into trouble right. each and every episode. And uh, he's making the case that it's harder to to continue to pull for
1: him. Yep. No. I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've lost our hero, and yes. and he's got one more chance, I guess. But uh, yeah. So, well, that feels like maybe about it for this one. This one was rough. It was rough. Um, Stressful and rough. Yep. So you heard our thoughts. As always, we'd love to hear from you. There's a couple of easy ways you can do that through email, ps at Gets you to the ProScript team. We'd love your thoughts. Any questions for us, uh, reaction so far to the first couple episodes, we'll be able to include that in our final episode together covering part four of Tom Jones. Uh, You can find more information about Postscript on the web, witf.org slash Postscript. Uh, You can find these episodes and more anywhere you find your podcasts. uh, If you would be so kind, Uh, you can leave ratings and reviews on the podcast or Postscript. That helps not only us, but all the future editions to come, and there will be more. Um, Specifically, once we wrap up uh, our coverage of Tom Jones, our team here will pivot to uh, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, a uh, long-running PBS favorite.
0: Yes, yes. There are three seasons that have already uh, been released. Season four is coming up in early 2024. So between now and uh, the start of 2024, we will revisit the first three seasons to get you all prepped. If you haven't even explored this program yet, it's available to stream
1: on demand right now. And what kind of show is that? It's more of a, uh, uh, whereas Tom Jones is maybe sort of a romantic farce at times. This is more of a part drama, part mystery series. Yep. Um, And then a a plug, if listening to us is interesting, but you happen to want to watch along, um, most ProScripts episodes are also available on YouTube through the Mosaic channel, which is WITF's arts and culture YouTube channel. You'll find us and a lot of other great food, music, art-related content. Please check it out. Uh, Subscribe to the channel if you aren't. And again, leave comments and likes on the videos. We would love that. So from the team here, thank you to Allie, uh, producer Allie in the background, working her magic. She is amazing. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for riding along with us, and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you.